Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. It is Monday, July 24th, 8.33 a.m. 2023. And yes, I almost forgot the day. Even though I just looked at it. I was like, what, what day was it? Um, but yeah, it is the 24th been a couple of days, I think about 10 days since the, since the last episode, since I looked, and it is a bit dreary, dreary, how do you say that word, dreary, <laughs> dreary, I don't know why I can't say my R's very well, but yeah, it's a bit dreary outside, <laughs> um, but it's fine, the rain been coming in and out this week, um, and I am still tired a little bit. Not overly so, but somewhat so. Um, I need to get better with my sleep. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I'm just like, oof. Uh, I usually go to sleep around like 1 or 2 o'clock. Sometimes later, wake up around 6 or 7. I'm like, oof, that's not, that's not a good, uh, it's not a good habit. <laughs> um... When I'll be feeling so tired in the mornings until I get my nap in the middle of the afternoon or something like that. And even then, my energy only lasts until like the late evening. You know, I'm tired again. I'm like, oh, I'm getting too old to be <laughs> having these late nights and stuff like that. So, yeah, I need to get a handle on that. Um, but, yeah, this past week or so, I have been thinking a lot about self-expression and creation, creativity, and whatnot. Um, I've been thinking about how to better express myself, how to better express my creativity, how to create more, do more with my with what I want to uh, create. You know, <laughs> there's so many things I want to make. I have I, I have this often have the itching I think I spoke about it last week the kind of restlessness but uh, sort of itching in my hands to just like create something by hand and it's tough because I always feel like there's not the tools available right like the type of stuff I want to create with my hands is not really doable as of as of this moment so it can be very frustrating when I have this urge which is very very often these days <laughs> um, but nonetheless even beyond that you know thinking about self-expression I went to a event yesterday at a park uh, well we had like a you know, friend outing at the park that was cool but also went to a larger event and I just liked how everybody was so free. And I felt like <laughs> I should have been or I wanted to be more open, you know, more confident in myself and, and you know, kind of more boisterous. So I was kind of more reserved. I'm just thinking about as to why that is and why I feel so, I don't know, so, so, socially anxious. Why I get such social anxiety 
when it comes to meeting folks, especially new folks. Even though I think, even if it's not new, new, like it could be people I've seen like, you know, once, twice, three times before. Um, but, and it could be people I li- like I like, you know, I think they're interesting people. And yet, it's, it can be quite tough for me to, you know, get out of my shell, per se, to, to uh, embrace the, uh, the situation, to be more of myself, right? At least the version of myself that I usually keep, not exactly locked up inside, but, <laughs> you know, that I often feel, I don't know, almost unsafe or, like, uncomfortable to express, to let out. It's not even like I'm trying to, right? It's not like a conscious thing of me, oh, I can't let this, let them see this part of me or nothing like that. It's more like, I don't know, that part of me is, is, feels (laughs) almost afraid sometimes or um it's like they're very shy (laughs) like a having a shy friend um and yet even though like in other environments that quote-unquote shy friend is like so boisterous and like (laughs) you know energetic and out there but when you're put when you're put in a social situation you're like ooh. He, he, <laughs> you know, hiding behind, um, stuff like that. And I wonder why that is. Like, I have a few ideas, but it's hard to, uh, not, not exactly reflect on it, but hard to, to do something about it, right? Because it's not something I can necessarily force, Right? I don't want to put myself in situations where where that part of myself can be I don't know hurt I guess because it's like it's like being vulnerable right I say this all the time like it's important to be vulnerable but you do have to be careful about who you be vulnerable around right like you can't just be vulnerable around people who a you know you don't feel safe around b don't, I want to say don't deserve it in a way, like, and what I mean by that is just simply, like, people who either may not be vulnerable around you, or, you know, going back to the safety thing, may, may not be safe to, to be vulnerable around, because unfortunately, there are plenty of people who, um, may not take kindly to that, right, like, you're trying to be sincere, or, vulnerable about your feelings or this that and the other and they're you know very callous or or just mean-spirited or you know even just like apathetic right it could be even unconsciously so where they don't they're not like they're not like aware that you're trying to be vulnerable right and that could be that could be hurtful too you know and that can make it harder for you to do so next time, even if it's in a better situation. And I strongly believe in the, in the idea that 
you shouldn't like 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 I that experience is like the the worst teacher. I think I'm not sure if I've said this before. Probably have. Because uh, it's a quote I think about a lot. I don't know if it counts as a quote because I came up with it, but <laughs> um, experience is the worst teacher or the ultimate teacher, I like to say, right? Meaning that it's not necessarily the best teacher, but it's the last one. <laughs> All right, ultimate means last, right? So the if you don't learn by anything, right? truck pass. I forgot it's garbage morning. Sometimes, like sometimes the garbage is all over the place. Days. But yeah, sometimes, um, or very often, if you don't learn by other means, through books, other people, you know, just reflection and this, that, and the other, then you're going to have to learn by experience. <laughs> And if you don't learn by experience, that's because you're dead, right? <laughs> Just to put it like, <laughs> callously, it's like, th th that's the last way you can learn. Like, there's so many things, to, so many ways to learn a lesson. And, like, uh, coming back again. Yes. Sorry, this thing is so loud. But yeah. There's so many ways to learn a lesson. And because experience is the ultimate teacher, that means you're, you're constantly having to go back to that teacher. Like if you haven't picked it up from a book, haven't picked it up from, lesson, from, from listening to other people, haven't picked it up from, from reflecting on your actions or just meditating or just thinking about things or all these other ways to learn, then you're going to repeat that mistake, right? You're going to keep on repeating it. And repeating it and repeating it. It's like a teacher who just <laughs> teaches by rote memorization. Or not really memorization exactly, but like just, just perseverance, just constantly giving you the same practices. Or, well, that's, the, that's not true either because it's not necessarily the same, right? Like you may not get, get the same clinical assignment. Wow. That bird just pooped in front of me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny. Um, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, you won't necessarily get the same assignment exactly, but it'll be similar enough to where the same lesson applies, right? Um, it's like those, when you get that math homework or whatever, where you're given this, it's the same general idea, but applied in different ways, right? And they're trying to see if you, if you learn, if you can pick up the pattern, if you can pick up you know, <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing in this situation. And if you don't, then you just keep getting assignments like that, right? You just keep <laughs> getting more work like that. Um, until, you know, and that's like, you can't really move on until you understand that one. Um, so you keep getting that. Now, the metaphor is kind of falling apart because in real life, it's not like, or not necessarily... I'll say that. Not necessarily like if um, body, you know, giving you these lessons that are your life. <laughs> Even though, personally, I believe it may be a possibility. But, you know, it's something that's like, you never really know. <laughs> um, could be happening, could not be. But, either way, 
it's not like you, you, you are always given the same assignment or same type of assignment, nor do you know, oh, this is the assignment I'm supposed to apply the situation to, nor does it like stop and not bring you to the next level until you do this one. No, like in, in real life, it's kind of chaotic in, in a way. I do feel like there are, you know, kind of, um, so where I want like levels to your life. Once you learn learn one lesson, you can move on to the next. But that next is you kind of progressing in your your own definition of success, or or at least what what you want your life to be, to like to, to look like. And so these lessons that you're supposed to be learning, you know, they may not all come at once. They may not come back to back. Sometimes they will, but sometimes they won't. Sometimes they might be years. <laughs> before you, you know, um, get this critical assignment again and realize, oh, it's that same pattern from that other, you know, lesson or assignment. And you have to learn how to apply that thing again. So all that to say, <laughs> experience is the ultimate teacher, right? Not necessarily the best one. Because... It's not like they walk you through it. It's not like they sit down, experience, you know, sits down and says, oh, yes, this is how you do it. And here's a step-by-step guy, right? Because your experience is just how you live your life. It's, it's often blind. It often feels like you're just, you know, um, trying a bunch of stuff out until something works. And oftentimes you make mistakes. You have no idea that you're making mistakes or... You know, you don't always know why or how or all that, any of that, right? And you pick stuff up as you go. And sometimes you can learn the wrong lessons, right? Again, similar to homework, <laughs> math homework or whatever. Sometimes you can learn a, a way of doing things that's like a shortcut or, you know, just a, a way of doing things that works in certain situations, but it's not actually, you know, the best way of doing it or even a good way of doing it. But it works for you at that moment in time. But you won't realize that it fails until you get a similar type of, you know, thing, activity or assignment, whatever you want to call it, at a later date. And then you realize, oh, this thing I was doing this whole time doesn't actually work. <laughs> it just makes it seem like it works or, you know, it works to a certain extent. Um, see, I'm throwing a lot of metaphors today, but... <laughs> All that to say that, you know, I kept saying all that to say. <laughs> um, comes back down to figuring out how to apply yourself, how to express yourself, how to express myself. And trying to learn those lessons, you know, without it having to be beaten into me through experience, you know. Personally, I like to reflect a lot. I like to think. Um, I like to kind of spin up simulations in my mind. Um, and that allows me to explore these different things. This, these, the right and wrong way of doing things before I have to do it in real life. And in so doing, you know, I can kind of learn those lessons without having to actually experience them. And maybe, of course, it's not perfect or anything like that. Not by any means necessary. Um, but it is better. <laughs> it is better than just than just depending on experience to learn them. All right. 
I can spin up enough simulations that are varied enough, that are um, similar-ish enough to real life, or look at different perspectives and this, that, and the other, then it's almost like experiencing a bunch of, you know, things at the in a short amount of time or um, without the <laughs> the risk of complete failure or you know some other mess going going down and impacting other people and all this other stuff. And then I also like to, you know, of course, read both stories of fiction and not. Mostly stories of fiction, because I actually feel like there's far more lessons in, in fiction, right? Like, in nonfiction, you have to depend on, you know, kind of one person's life you might be reading through, right? Unless it's some, some sort of, I don't know. Do they have, like, group biographies or something like that? Or, or if it's, like, an anthropology, right? I, I actually do think anthropology is pretty interesting. Um, where you Where you're... Or history in general, right? Where you're learning about a bunch of people, how a bunch of people lived at another time. This is why I like that that sort of thing. But I never really read many books <laughs> like that growing up. First of all, because it's just hard to like find some book on. Oh my god, these squirrels! <laughs> like right by the sidewalk. But yeah, it's it's like hard to find a bunch of books on, you know, just just the history of humanity or different societies growing up and seeing how they lived and stuff like that. Um, you'd be hard pressed to find anything like that outside of a textbook, and even that, it's hard to find anything, you know, at least where I grew up. So for me, a lot of stuff I learned was through fiction books. Fiction books are great. Yes, it can be a form of escapism, but it can also be a form of simulations, right? Simulating these different ways of living, these different ideas. Even if it's a story with, like, one major protagonist, if it's a good story, there will also be many, many other characters, good and bad, in which you can learn from, right? You can understand some of their state of mind, their background, their... You know, skills and whatnot, their goals, um, and of course their mistakes and their successes. And yes, again, a lot of that comes from, you know, one author, one person's mind, but that person may be riffing on, you know, countless other people who have used similar tropes or ideas or plots or whatever character types in their stories. So fiction is, is to me an extremely rich um, substrate, if I may use that word. Maybe a wrong <laughs> word for this context, but it sounds cool. <laughs> it's an extremely rich substrate for learning what you need to learn, for learning lessons. Um, so yeah, I, I do quite enjoy, and it's fun, right? <laughs> it's engaging. You read a good book in a day. Nowadays, though, I, I read, like, web fictions because I, I, I no longer like to read just short books. Um, yeah, ever since, like, high school, I barely read, have barely read any actual short books. No, I still completed quite a, quite a few books, 
since then. Um, and web fiction, like stories that are thousands of chapters long. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are fantastic because they really get into depth about these different characters and the situations and this, that, and the other. But of course, the downside to that is like, especially with a lot of the fiction that I like to read, where it's about magic and um, somewhat technology, but honestly, most of it has been like fantasy. Because it's extremely hard to find some like really good sci-fi. Um, and that's another thing. We can talk about that shortly, but... Or maybe, I don't know. Gotta get back to work soon. Or get started with work soon. But, um... That could be it. That could be a podcast all in itself. <laughs> or at least an episode or, or a series all in itself. Just, um, ideas for better sci-fi that's not just, you know, shooters or war. <laughs> the vast majority of sci-fi, if not almost everyone, besides maybe Star Trek, um... It's like about military in some way, <laughs> which is really disheartening if you think about it. It's like kind of ridiculous. Even ones about exploration um, has that kind of bent to it. And, you know, oftentimes it's hard to find any good exploration based sci-fi too, because unfortunately many people are very unimaginative when it comes to aliens. I- I've seen some interesting ones, don't get me wrong, but not very many with like an alien society. Because um, they just ended up, they just end up being riffs on human societies, which is understandable. But not even riffs on human societies, but riffs on like the worst human societies, <laughs> or at least the most boring ones. Uh, but anyways, got way off track with that. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stories I read tend to be, you know, fictional, fantastical, magic involved, and. You know, that could be frustrating because I'm like, damn, I wish I had magic in real life. <laughs> Make things a whole lot easier, you know. That's the downside of reading stories, using stories as substrate for learning lessons because, you know, a lot of those lessons might just be, oh, get stronger. or <laughs> And by stronger, they mean like super powerful, magical stuff and you can solve any problem. Um, but unfortunately, that's not really exactly how life works. Um, at least this, this life. Um or maybe some some other type of thing. Yeah, sure, they may have other lessons in there, like, you know, trust yourself and, you know, listen to other people, have community and all this other stuff. Um, but it's often, like, wrapped in this, in this, uh, this understanding of using magic and powers and all this other stuff to solve problems. Even so, that's that's also a reason why I want to make the world more magical, right? I think we should live in a world where people can feel like they can use technology to solve their problems, right? Not just as a means of of entertainment or just consumption or, you know, this this, uh, parasite that just takes from you and confuses you and doesn't really help you out much. But I want people to feel, I want to feel, like, I can just reach out and be like, solve this problem. <laughs> or help me solve this problem. Or help me become a better person as we solve this problem. All right? Um, but unfortunately, our technology is not really like that. It kind of gives us the veneer of solving problems when it actually just makes our life either worse or the same. <laughs> Even though we feel like it's better, it's just, it's just basically the same. Like, we still have the same problems. 
didn't actually solve the problem. It just put a slightly better uh, um, mask on it. So that can be quite frustrating as well. But yeah, I want to be better at self-expression. I want to be better at creativity and creating more. I want to be more confident with myself. And uh, some ways be more assertive, but more so again with myself, just like being able to express my thoughts. That's another thing I came to realize that I'm often right. <laughs> but it's not just me, it's like I feel like we often right, right? Like there's something I, I, I heard a little bit ago, a couple of days ago, watching a Dr. K um, video on YouTube. He's like this his YouTube name is like Healthy Gamer GG or something like that. It's basically like a therapist um, that used to be a a, uh, a monk. He often gives all sorts of advice and stuff like that on his channel. And yes, he has some really great videos. But one of them he was talking about how um, there's like an inner self or lower self, or base self, or whatever you want to call it. And if you really think about like the, the conversations you have with yourself in your mind, you begin to realize it's not really a conversation. It's more so like this inner self, this base self, is speaking to you, like this higher self that's kind of out in the world. Um, and giving you advice or telling you what to do. <laughs> However you want to, you know, phrase that. And your higher self, or your, I'm going to say your higher self per se, but your, your outward self is often, like, doubtful, right? Like, they might be questioning or anxious or it's like the, the part of yourself that isn't sure. It's not exactly insecure, I would say, but it definitely can be and often is insecure. But it's often like, oh, can I, should, should I do that? Should I be doing this? Why? You know, why this? All this other stuff. But your inner self often knows, right? Like it's, some people might call it your consciousness or your conscious, rather. Some people might call it your, your, your good angel or whatever you want to call it. Um, me, I do like the idea of your inner self. But even so, even deeper, I like the idea of your spirit, right? Your, and I, I mentioned this before on one of these other podcasts, but like your, the spirituality side, but like your, your, your spiritual kind of team, like your, it might be versions of yourself from different universes or some <laughs> kind of, you know, bring some multiverse stuff in here. Um, or it could just be, you know, your ancestors. Um, it could be the idea of, you know, some, some uh, ultimate you know, being, you want to call it a god, whatever. I just really hate that. <laughs> that particular, you know, perspective on it just for, for a number of reasons. But moving beyond that for now. I've talked about it many times before. But you, whichever way you see it, like that inner self, right, is often right. Maybe even always right. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to 
for me, I don't, I just never like to, you know, stay in um, absolutes because there, there can always be situations where <laughs> might be wrong for one, any reason or another, but often right. I'll be open to the possibility that it might even be always right. But the problem is that, number one, your outer self may not always be listening, right? Your outer self, for whatever reason, ignores them or, you know, has their own ideas. Or it's like, yeah, I heard, I, I, you know, I know I should probably be doing this thing, but I want to do this thing, other thing instead. <laughs> and then you, you know, either not... I was going to say something bad happens, but it's not always something bad. It just may be something suboptimal, right? Like, oh, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Like, you probably should have done what you <laughs> felt like you, you, you were, you know, being called to do before. Um, if for no re other reason, that you probably would have enjoyed the other thing more. Even though you thought you wanted to do this thing that you, you know, that you did. Maybe if you listened to the inner self. It would have been better. Right? So it could be small things like that. But of course it can also be big. It could be going, getting yourself into a really bad situation. Or making a really dumb mistake. Or this, that, and the other. But either way. You know, your outer self may not listen. Or even if it is listening. It may not be hearing the correct things. Because it may not be hearing. It may, it may not be listening well enough. That's another reason why I'm very... Or I don't like to necessarily say, oh, it's always right. Because even though it might be always right, your, your inner self, you can easily mishear things with your outer self. If you're not tuned well enough, right? If your ego is so big, <laughs> for instance, your outer self ego is so big that you can confuse yourself. Like I've seen many people, I've done this myself sometimes, right? Where you can trick yourself into thinking that yes you listen to your inner self right like oh yeah you're just doing what you really think is right even though there is some part of you maybe your inner self that realizes no you you're not you're not listening <laughs> right but it may be that that part of yourself is like oof right yeah part of yourself is tricking yourself your your outer self could be a little trickster could be being, you know, um, egomaniacal or manipulating yourself. Like, like you can manipulate, you can manipulate yourself. That's what's funny about the human psyche. But either way, even if the the inner self is always right, if you go into it with that mentality of "Oh, I'm always right," you're not really listening because you're not realizing that. You don't really know what your inner self is. Again, you, it may not just be, quote unquote, you. <laughs> it may be you connected to some universal cosmic, you know, spirituality or, 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 or soul or, or, you know, shared um, consciousness or whatever. We have no idea, <laughs> right? Or instinct or ancestor, whatever, right? Whatever it is, we don't actually know if it's our, us, if it's me, if it's you know, I. And because of that, you can't just be like, oh, I'm always right. Because <laughs> it's not necessarily you that's always right, right? It's not necessarily me that's always right. It's this inner self, whatever that is. 
And so you have to be, you do have to have some, if not skepticism, some um, discussion, right? Some dialectic, if I can go back to use that word, right? I actually do think this is a really good word for this case, right? Because again, it's not necessarily a discussion because your inner self doesn't necessarily take advice from your outer self, if you can say it like that, right? Like your your um your outer self often doesn't necessarily have anything for your inner self to learn per se, or I'm not gonna say it like that. It's it's like your outer self is not necessarily educating your inner self, right? Your inner self is already aware of everything your outer self is doing for one reason or another, because it's there all, all, also. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's truly omni, omni, omniscient. I was going to say omnipresent, but maybe, maybe it could be that. But it's truly omniscient, right? Or maybe, that, is that the word? Yeah, all-knowing. Maybe not all-powerful, at least not in this form. Certainly all known, right? That inner self that may be connected to everybody, that may be this grand consciousness, whatever it is, already knows <laughs> everything that your outer self has to say. So it's never truly having a discussion with your outer self. However, if your outer self just takes the quote-unquote word of your inner self, without much thought put into it, then your outer self can very much trick itself <laughs> into doing things that the inner self didn't actually say. All right? Because again, the, inner, the outer self is limited. It's, it's, your, it's kind of you. It's kind of your I or it or whatever you, you call it, right? It's, it's the part of you that is here living in this mortal world. You know, it's definitely not omniscient. It's very limited. It's, it's, its perspective is limited to everything you experience, right? your senses and all that other stuff and it it's it's you know and there's all maybe other levels to this too like i think dr k was saying that there's on top of that is like your feelings or emotions and stuff like that um and your inner self kind of lives below that uh or your your outer self kind of lives below that then your inner self is like the core it may even be more levels than that whatever the point here is that you know your outer self, the part of yourself that is, is living, is, is, is un, unsure about things. That's the part of yourself that can trick itself by just, if it just takes things, you know, at face value. <laughs> right? If it just takes what it think it heard. But when you engage in the dialectic, right? When you engage in this process of thinking about what you're thinking, when you engage in this process of trying to figure out okay what is actually being said why is it being said how is it being said so on and so forth right when you engage in these things when your your inner self tells you something you and you really think about it you really digest on it you really chew on it right then you can uncover you know the rich tapestry of whatever is being said and you can act with more surety you can act you know um not just with more confidence, but with more gumption, with more oomph. <laughs> like, you know, okay, this is a good step to take. This is firm. This is solid. Right? So I think the dialectic is, is an important process of, of listening. 
to your self, to your to that self, to that core. And I think that's what many of us need to do more of, right? Regardless of what you believe, being more critical about it. And critical does not mean just trying to pick it apart, right? It means actually thinking about it from different perspectives and and sitting, letting it sit with you, right? And yes, yeah, sometimes you, you don't have the time for that, right? Sometimes you need to act instinctually. But the more that you do that as a daily practice, the more I see I do that as a daily practice, as a habit of, of you know, being metacognizant of doing that dialectic with my inner self, my team or my spirits, whatever you want to call that. The more I do that, the more I feel my outer self aligning with what my inner self is saying, with what my core is. And in so doing, the more that my instincts, right, in those moments when I need to act quickly, the more I feel like, number one, I have more time for it because this is interesting thing. You can, it's, it's almost like a, like, a, <laughs> like a, you know, in the movies or, or reading a book and, you, and, you know, this is like this slow, slow moment movement where you think about all these things before the action is taken, even though it's in a split second, right? It's like that. Like your mind, when you're really, you know, in that moment, your mind can just instantly think about so many perspectives and things and stuff like that in that moment and then you act it feels like almost like a power like a superpower but i know it's not just me like because so many stories and movies and all this stuff has has it's not just a plot device it's a i think it's a real phenomenon but like yeah we 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 can work through these problems even in a split second situation so there's never really any excuse to just do things thoughtlessly But even so, the more that you think about these things beforehand, it's like you're, you're pre-configuring your instincts, right? It's like you're configuring your instincts to work on the correct wavelength, even in those situations. So when those situations crop up, when you need to, boom, act, you can act more with more certainty and with more of a solid footing because you're already attuned to that core. You're already attuned to your spirit, to your full self. Or however much you are at that moment, right? I think it's a constant process. I think we're always attuning more and more as life, as we live life. And uh, that's what I hope to do. You know? I want to do more with myself and realize that I am always right, but not me. <laughs> All right? not me it's whatever I'm connected to whatever this version of myself is able to you know perceive or hear at this moment in time I'm always right because it's not me because it's not just me in here it's not just <laughs> all right it's not just my ego coming up with things it's connecting to something far, far bigger than myself. 
It's not just me taking things at face value. It's me being able to truly engage in that dialectic about things. It's not, it's not even me just taking it on faith, right? Because even faith implies some level of not really thinking about it <laughs> and more so just believing. <laughs> but again, you can believe in the wrong things very easily. And don't get me wrong, I do think there is even a place for faith in this. But just personally, because I've, I've lived my you know, whole childhood life within a, <laughs> a, a, a world of faith, I think you have to be very, very careful with how you use that. I think you can use the term faith in terms of, you know, the certainty that you can get out of a situation or you can learn from a situation, you can grow from a situation, right? There's always faith. There's this belief, even if the outward facts or the outward appearance does not seem so, there's that inward knowledge, certainty that you can grow, that you can do more or that you can get out of the situation or whatever, right? That it can get better. But again, I don't like to just keep it on faith. I like to keep it on this dialectic, this metacognition, this, this exercise in training yourself to listen to your greater self, to the greater self, as is everybody connected, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to be better with that. And uh, that's how I'll end it for now, I suppose. So as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, thinking with me today, this morning. And uh, let me know what you think. Always down for some conversation about this stuff. Anything else? As always, keep being awesome. Don't be afraid to be radical. Don't be afraid to be revolutionary. And... Uh, Love yourself, forgive yourself, believe in yourself, and think <laughs> with yourself. Have a great day. See you. Bye-bye.